I think that's what happens with YouTube is there are a lot of pieces that have to go together. Like you just said, title, thumbnail are probably the biggest that people neglect. People spend all the time in the world thinking about their content and trying to perfect it. But if no one clicks, what's it matter? You know, it's like having a great sales guy, but he gets no leads. You know, obviously when you get them to click, you got to have a really good content, you know, that's, what's going to keep them on the channel. That's what's going to get them to subscribe. So those all have to work together. But on top of that, you have to also post frequently. I'm dropping a video on YouTube six days a week. That's definitely helping the growth. If I only dropped one or two a week, which most do, it's just, man, when you have consistency, when you have, you know, everything else doing what it's supposed to do, growth is somewhat inevitable. Helping hardworking real estate investors, agents, and entrepreneurs grow a better business, mindset, and future. This is the Carrot Cast Podcast. Now here's your host, Trevor Mock. What's up, y'all? Coming at you with an episode of the Carrot Cast. And uh, my guest today, I had a chance to first connect with him a few weeks ago uh, individually, but I've been following him on Instagram and YouTube for quite some time. And many of you guys are probably doing the same thing. If not, you should be and you will be after this. And so I'm really excited to introduce you to uh, Ryan Pineda. I'm going to turn over you here in a second, man, to kind of let people know, you know who are you, uh, where do you live, a little bit about your business. So we're going to dive into your story. But before we do, dude, here's, here's what I want, I want to seed this conversation with. So um, I, was, I was watching YouTube and across the screen comes, comes this guy who is number one, a fresh face that I hadn't seen uh, before in the industry. Uh, dropping really, really good knowledge and really upping the YouTube game. So if any of you guys are fans of Max Maxwell, um, Ryan is the guy who I would put right up there with Max right now. And I think you guys are going to battle it out for the, 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 the stars of the, of the YouTube real estate world where you guys are dropping amazing knowledge, first of all, uh, doing it from a position of experience um, and doing a great job of it. So I uh, welcome on the CarrotCast, man. Happy to be here, man. Thanks for the kind words. Dude, so why don't you break down really quick uh, for people that don't know you yet? Who are you? Um, you know, where do you live? And kind of give context for what your current real estate business looks like. And then we'll break down some other stuff because you've got some really fascinating stuff going on. Yeah, we got a whole bunch of things going on. Um, as far as who I am, my name's Ryan Pineda, as you said. Uh, 31 years old right now. I've got a wife and two kids, very young kids under two years old. Cool. Um, out here in Las Vegas, that is primarily where we invest. Um, we've been fixing and flipping since 2015 when mm. I was starting by myself. Um, I'm actually in one of my other people's offices right now because mine is getting remodeled right now. Uh, cool. We're soundproofing the walls for all of our content, basically making it a studio. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can kind of see some of the guys behind me working right now, but we've been doing over a hundred homes a year for the last three years. Um, majority is fix and flip, but we also wholesale. We also keep rentals. So, um, you know, on the investment side, it's kind of what we do. You see the sales floor behind me. I've also own a brokerage, which is, um, part of the same office out here in Las Vegas. We've got about 50 agents on the brokerage side, um, own a real estate investing company or real estate education company where we train people how to invest and flip and all those things also own a tax company. So a lot of, <laughs> actually every real estate investor I know needs taxes. So, yep. um, it's a great thing for everyone. 
Dude. So one thing that, that jumps out to me really fast, and, and this, this isn't something I normally talk about on the podcast, but, um, how, how you integrate your business, uh, vertical really well, right. Where uh, a lot of people I'll, I'll talk to, they have this business over here and then they have a completely unrelated business over here, uh, in something other than real estate. And it's really cool because you've got essentially the investment part, the retail part, uh, the tax part, and you just keep on going down the lines of all of these things serve a similar type of a client. Uh, are, are there are there any are there any businesses that you have tried to plug in to your whole suite of companies that didn't work, um, or have, <laughs> have, they all, have they all worked pretty well so far? You know, um, when I start a new business, I kind of can count the cost. You know, I'm like, yeah. hey, I know how much time it's going to take. I kind of can project what the revenue might be starting out and what it could be in the future. Yep. And I just know that, Hey, when you have businesses that mesh together, you get a multiplying effect mm-hmm. for all business. Yep. So I've never really tried to go start some random business. Um, cool. now I get offered many different things to, uh, partner with people and start up, and I'm, I'm mainly turning them all down. Mm-hmm. Um, unless they can really already complement what I've got going on. So I don't think I've started any that did not pan out yet. Um, I've had many ideas that, uh, have been shot down though. So yep. maybe they kind of got, maybe they were dead before they started. Yep. Dude. And, and that's, that's really important. I want people to key in on this once again, that the Ryan has looked at the whole, the whole suite of his business and said, how can I plug the gaps where we're currently not serving people that we may even be getting those leads, right? Like you're getting sellers. And I just hung up from a, another client of ours who's got a brokerage and he's an investor in Miami. And I'd love to kind of dig into this with you a little bit on this episode, but uh, for him, about one third of his deals that he does are a house purchase and two thirds are listings. And so when you look at all the investors out there who just buy houses, potentially two thirds of their overall deal volume and about half of their revenue potentially is gone because they're throwing away a lot of leads that could go to retail. Um, dude, did, have right. you always had the brokerage or did that come first before the investment side or did that come later? You know, so I started out as a realtor in 2010. So I was okay. 21 years old and I didn't know anything about investing. I didn't okay. start really investing until five years down the road. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I hated being a realtor. So mm-hmm. to answer your question, no, I stuck, I sucked as a realtor, stopped doing it. And in 2015, focused on flipping, didn't even really know what wholesaling was. Um, Just kept flipping, flipping, flipping. And then around 2017, um, and I didn't even mention this, I used to be a pro baseball player. So I was playing pro baseball all those years I was flipping. I didn't retire Mm -hmm. until 2017. So in 2017, I'm like, hey, I got all this free time now. Like, Mm -hmm. let's, what do I want to do here? And in my mind, I'm like, well, let's just, uh, build an empire. Like that's what I want to do. And, uh, so I got all this free time. I said, well, what are the pieces that, you know, we're going to need. And that was the first one. I was like, we already got the investing side. And like you said, we get these leads, we have people we know, like let's capitalize on that as well. And so we opened the brokerage, um, in late 17 when I retired. Cool. Dude. So on, on, on the brokerage, a couple more questions on here that I actually want to go back to the baseball thing. Uh, cause we, you and I have a, have a shared passion in that it sounds like for sure. But on, on, on the broker side of things, you've got 50 agents over there, which, which is not a yeah. small, that's not a small entity. It's not, Hey, I've got an agent or two that we toss leads to. So <laughs> are, are you guys, are you guys getting, are you, are you guys filling the leads for the agents all through the home buying business or are, are there leads that are coming uh, specifically going after retail sellers and retail buyers too? 
So on the agent side, no, we're not given the 50 agents leads. Um, we've got a select handful who we do give, you know, our listing leads. Um, and I've got like a guy here behind me who goes on appointments where we're not sure they could be cash. They could be listing. And so he's got the ability to, to go both ways. Um, so really I kind of cherry pick the best agents, you know, cause I know, yep. and then, um, we give them the listing leads. Cool. Dude. So if, if you're, if you're game with it, um, and you can totally say no to any of this, like you don't have to say yes. And it's some I don't say stuff. no to anything. So <laughs> you'd have to ask me something really crazy. Uh, I, I love it, man. So you, you guys do about a hundred, hundred transactions a year right now. Um, are those house purchases or does that also include uh, a lead that comes through and you guys list? Those are purchases. Okay. Wholesales so, or flips or rentals. I love it. So on top of that, um, rough numbers, you don't have to give exact if, if you're comfortable on top of that. Um, just with the leads that come through the home buying business, not, not the, the normal retail leads, but just with the leads that come through the home buying business about how many will then turn into a listing. Uh, so you've got a hundred that you purchase. How many may turn into a listing if you have those numbers rough, rough ones off your head? Yeah. So one thing to know about me is I'm super not detail oriented. No. Um, <laughs> I, I have my COO whose office I'm in right now. Cool. Um, she's the one who manages all that. I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Um, just from me looking at our dashboard on the TV, um, randomly, my gut tells me if we're getting about say 10 fix and flip wholesale type deals every month, we probably pull in another four listings with that. Cool. I like it. Well, dude, so here, here's, here's what I want to unpack a little bit now. So before we hit record, uh, and also you mentioned to it just now that you're not crazy involved in the day-to-day -day of, of the real estate business now. And I think most investors, right? We, we've, got, we've got this mindset where we want to start the business because we want more freedom. We want more flexibility. You want to be able to make an impact. And so many investors and agents that I'll talk to, they start the business, they find a way to make money. And then usually in two to four years, they're burnt out. They're trying something else. They're getting shiny object syndrome, doing businesses completely different. They take their eye off of the, the original business that made them money and it starts to fizzle um, because they didn't learn how to build a team. So dude, it, it sounds like you made the shift pretty early on where you said, okay, I'm going to learn this business, but then I'm also going to now build a team. Uh, was, was there early on, right? Was there, was there, did you go into starting the company knowing, Hey, I'm going to build a, a big company and a team, or was there a moment where you're like, okay, I know this can grow, but I'm stopping it. And I need to learn how to build a team. Now for me, I always knew that like, Hey, if I'm going to do something, I want to be the very best. Cool. And I was always aware that if I'm the limiting factor, it cannot go very far. Mm -hmm. And I, as I talked about having multiple businesses, I already know, like <laughs> my time is so needs to be so like strategic yeah. and from the get go, um, I knew I wanted to do a lot of different things, not just flip houses, like flipping mm -hmm. houses is great. It's made us money. It's given me, you know, a lot of great things, but if that's all I do, I will be very bored with my life. I will yeah. be not very fulfilled. Um, I got to constantly be conquering new things. So right out the gate. Um, I already knew the things I hated. Um, I had flipped, I had project manage it or pro I'd been a project manager on all my own flips. That was the first thing I delegated. I'm like, I freaking hate this. Like, let's get someone else to do this. Great. Did it. Then we started getting more deals cause I had more time to do what I like. And then, you know, I was getting deals. All of a sudden I realized, dude, I hate being the listing agent on all my flips. Like mm -hmm. I hate dealing with these realtors and all that. So 
I delegated that. So pretty much the delegation came from doing things I hated and then being like, why am I doing this? Like, let's let somebody else who enjoys it do it. Um, Even with, you know, once we started marketing and doing all this stuff with sellers, I never did this because I was like, dude, I hate that. I'm I'm not following up with sellers. I'm not going to be on the phones calling these guys. Like, you want to send me on an appointment? I'm I'm on game. I'll do that. But I, I don't have the time or the patience to follow up with leads. Yep. Dude, that, that, that's, that's so in, in line with kind of the journey that I, I was on too. And, and for me, I kind of followed energy, right? It's like what gives me energy versus what takes away energy. And, and hopefully the stuff that gives me energy, I'm going to go all in on stuff I can be really, really good at. And guys, this is just another lesson, like hearing it from a really successful entrepreneur of, of following that path. Like, what do you not like? What do you absolutely despise to do? And, and you probably despise it because it sucks the energy out of you. And so yeah. go for the stuff that gives you energy, find people that I'm sure the listing agent or the person you plugged in and they probably absolutely love doing that. Like they probably get oh, the most yeah. energy in the world from it, which is cool. Oh yeah. I love so, it. So yeah, do the things you're good at. That's, that's what I would say. Dude. So what's for, for context for people, what, what's the size of your, of your investment team now? And for the hundred deals, hundred deals you guys do a year. Um, what, what's kind of your main marketing mix that you use? Can I, I know you guys do a lot of marketing. What's the marketing mix that you guys are using to really uh, make that machine work well? Yeah. So to answer the marketing side of it right now, we are mainly TV. Ironically, mm-hmm. I know a cool. lot of people aren't on TV and, um, it's worked really good for us. Awesome. Uh, we started it at the beginning of this year. Didn't know how it's going to go, but me, I'm a risk taker. I'm like, let's just drop 20 grand on it a month. See what happens. Yep. And, uh, I don't advise you guys to do that watching this. <laughs> uh, most likely you will fail if you try and just do TV on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, I partnered up with somebody who had extensive TV, um, experience. They already had the commercial. They already had the system. They knew what slots to buy. So I said, perfect. We'll cool. use it. Yep. Um, after that, I would say cold calling. We've always done that. We have virtual cold callers and then our guys here, you know, negotiate and do the deals. We do a little bit of texting, nothing crazy. Um, we don't do any direct mail, ironically, mm-hmm. uh, never have just have really never needed to. Yep. Um, and I would say that's the majority on the, Oh, we also have billboards around town. So yep. I do my marketing very different than most. Um, I try and build like a brand. You know, I think most people who are marketing are only focused on like the sellers and like doing this one-time transaction. Whereas I'm trying to build this, Hey, everyone knows who home run offer is. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows who Ryan Pineda is. And if I want to sell my house quick for cash, I know that guy's buying because I see him everywhere. He's on TV, he's on the billboards, you know, whatever. So that's kind of what we're doing on the marketing side. Um, and then that's not counting buying from wholesalers and MLS. We, we've always done that. That doesn't cost us a dollar to do other than building relationships. Yeah. So we love buying deals that way. Um, you know, as far as the team goes, I mean, I could go look them there. I actually did a, <laughs> um, a YouTube video on the team. So if you guys go to my YouTube for like 15 minutes, I literally walked around every, uh, um, cubicle and said, what do you do around here? Like, why, cool. why do I employ you? What do you <laughs> show me your work? What are you doing? Yeah. And, um, you know, so we've got a COO, um, which is if I can put that guy right there. Okay, there we go. Yeah. And then that's uh, Monty. He's the marketing and dispo, so he's managing all that data. Mm-hmm. So what you asked me earlier about listings, he could tell you. I could. Gotcha. Um, cool. Then we have inside sales agents. So we have two of those. They're the ones just handling all the inbound leads, and then we have two outside sales agents. They're the ones going on all the appointments. Mm-hmm. 
all that stuff. And, um, that's pretty much it for, you know, oh, well, and then we have two project managers. They're not in the office, obviously checking mm-hmm. projects. Um, and then the listing agent is, uh, my partner at the brokerage. So he's the broker and that's how he gets fed is just, he does all of our listings. Um, and you know, it helps our, that was the main thing. I was like, if I'm going to flip all these homes, why am I letting another brokerage get all this exposure? That doesn't yep. make sense. Mm-hmm. So I'll just get the exposure. Dude. So one, one thing you pointed out, so you've got your C- COO in the office there and I know tons of you know some of the biggest investors in the country and a lot of people, like it seems like where they would get burnt out is where they're doing work. Like you said before, that they just don't like. And, and one of the biggest keys to it is they're still plugged into the daily operations so deep that it's pulling them in all the time. Um, if, if we could spend a few minutes just talking about uh, COO, uh, skill sets that he has that, that, you know, versus what you have. And, and also, um, with, with, with the COO, when, when did you hire that person? Um, and let's kind of break apart how that works. Cause if, if someone can have a second in command that can run the company, dude, that's where you get the freedom. You can't do it if, right, if, you're, right. if you're at the top and everyone goes to you. So right. those are terrible string of questions for you, dude. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I'll answer them the best I can. So I yeah. actually have two COOs, in fact. Okay. Um, my sister is my overall COO. So she uh-huh. is the CEO basically of my personal brand. And, you know, she's watching over all the companies I just laid out. Cause mm-hmm. right. I, I don't have time to make sure that all the people in charge of the companies are doing what they got to do. Yep. So she does. Okay. Um, so she's been amazing as an overall, you know, parent company COO. Um, Sean Bob, that's, that's not his real name, but that's <laughs> someone gave him that name and he uses it. So his name's Sean Bob, not him. a COO's name. And, um, you know, he's the COO of home run offer, the the investing side. And so, you know, he does everything as far as management. Um, Mm. he actually got put into that role about, I would say start of this year, he got promoted to that. And the reason was before I was, I didn't realize, but I was the COO Mm. and I think many are like that. I was like, I'm the CEO. Like I, I don't work that much. And I thought I did. But then when I realized like, Hey, who's actually keeping everyone accountable for what they're supposed to do every day. And I'm like, well, I guess that's me, but I really suck at that. Like I'm terrible at holding people's hands. And so, um, I had a coach come out, um, his name's Gary Harper Mm -hmm. and, um, he does the EO system for traction and all that. And, um, yep. So Gary said, Hey, you know, I paid him a boatload of money and I said, you know, tell me what am I missing here? And, um, he was like, you know, you need a COO in this, you know, you're flipping over hundred homes a year. You get all these ambitions. Like you can't do it. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, I didn't even know I was the COO. I thought I was just the CEO. (laughs) And, um, so he's like, well, you know, your sister, yeah, she could be the COO of just the house flipping side, but then who's checking on all the other businesses. She can't be that. And all the other businesses, they're too Mm. big. And I said, you're right. He's like, so you need one strictly for house flipping. And I was like, okay, so who, who's it going to be? And I actually did not expect him to say Sean Bob. Um, because Sean Bob has worked for me in many different ways. He started out as a realtor and then he was an acquisitions agent. And then, um, you know, he's, he's very, he's like a Swiss army knife. He knows how to do everything. He knows mm-hmm. ARVs. He knows like he's been trained to do it all. He's like, Sean Bob has the experience to do it all. Like he's mm-hmm. done every position. 
Um, he understands how to manage people. He's got the right profile. Um, and he will get things done. And, you know, I was like, all right, like, we'll give him a shot. Like, that was not what I expected. But if you think, and he, he is clearly the best candidate for this and we did it. And, um, man, he's been super good. We're having our best year ever. Um, even with COVID and everything because of his management for sure. Dude, that, that's, that's so cool to hear that. And, and for so many of the, of the investors who uh, maybe you're, you're earlier in the game or maybe you're really experienced and you're cranking deals out, uh, that right there is such a huge, huge shift. Because once again, if you're going for freedom, if you're going for flexibility, if you're going to make an impact, you can't do it if, if you're in the middle of that hub and everything is back to you. Um, what, one, one, uh, one question on that, dude. So uh, one thing that's going to pop up to people, they're going to go, cool, he's got Sean Bob, but... Uh, how, how does Sean Bob or your sister relay information to you? So do you have like a daily stand up with them? Is there a report that they give you every so often? Kind of how, how does that work? So you can check in on those things. You know, so the chain of command is supposed to be Sean Bob reports to Noel, my sister. Okay. You know, so they have a weekly meeting where they are all on the call going over a home run offer. Hey, how are the, how's the lead flow? How's the conversions? What kind of sales do we have this week? What did we put into contract? All those things. I have yep. no idea. I'm not a part of those meetings. Yep. And um, really, Noel's job is to let me know when there are things that need to be switched up or whatever, you know, okay. from any of the companies. That's how the chain of command should work. Does it always work like that? No. I mean, freaking, if he's got something to tell me, he's going to tell me. But um, Noel needs to be on the same page. So she, she knows that we had talked and whatever. So you're, you're helping to set the outcomes with them. I'm assuming, right? Like, Hey, here's the goals. And then you have the metrics in place to track the goals. Now they just report that. And if anything's red, yellow, green, it's not on track. Bam. Now you address that. I'm assuming something like that. Yep. So, so they have a scorecard, you know, so every, every week they're filling out their scorecard. Honestly, Mm -hmm. if I was being, if I'm being honest with you, I don't look at it. Um, I just know things are going good based on being in the office and, Mm -hmm. you know, hearing just what's going on day to day. Um, we also have a big dashboard in our office so I can see, Hey, like I could just walk by, sit there for a minute and look at, Hey, here's how many leads we got. Mm-hmm. Here's how much projected revenue. Here's the closed. And then obviously I'm like, yo, why aren't we making money? Like what's going on here? Yep. Um, and I'll tell you like this, this last, uh, like three or four weeks, things have been really slow. You know, mm-hmm. we did really good in um, the previous months. And then it's like, man, and, and maybe you have seen it on the, your other, um, you know, people who use carrot, like mm-hmm. for us leads and everything are much slower now cost per yep. leads going up. And maybe it has to do with the election, the winter COVID. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of things. Dude, I, I was looking at some cool data and I mean, if there's time here, I could pull some cool stuff up because what, what you're saying there directly correlates with what I was looking at in our overall data. So our clients get like, as far as opt-in leads, about 70 to 90,000 opt-in leads a month. And then phone call leads, you can t- kind of take that and double it. So you're just shy of 200,000 leads a month. And what, what the day that I was looking at from March 1st through, um, through the 31st, no, March 1st through now, um, we were seeing... One second here. Bear with me. Through the 10th. Okay, bam. And I'll share my screen here. Uh, this will be a little bit of a, a behind the scenes for, for you as well, man, that might corroborate some of the stuff that you're seeing, which is kind of cool. So now right here, this is actually directly out of our analytics for Carrot. As far as lead flow, traffic flow, I ran it from March 1st through September 10th. And we've, we've seen something similar. 
So the back half of August, definitely the conversion yeah. rate, the conversion rate on uh, websites softened. Uh, so you can see this is pre-COVID. Uh, conversion rates were higher. People were, were selling. Uh, here, as soon as the shutdown orders hit, a big hunk of people were like, shoot, I don't know if I want to opt in because I don't know if I want someone to call me. I don't want them in my house. Can I sell my house? So conversion right. rates softened. Once some of that hysteria went away, conversion rates went back up. And then something, I'm, I'm with you, we haven't pegged what it is yet, but something in the last few weeks uh, has softened conversion rates again uh, while, while traffic is actually up. So, um, we're going to dig sure. into it. If we find out in our data, what it is, we'll let you know. And, uh, yeah. cool stuff. So, yeah. dude, so oh, I'm oh. a gut guy and I could just tell, I'm like, this is definitely, you know, but it's good to know the data backs yeah. it up. Dude. So a, a couple, couple more things and we'll wrap this puppy up. So I, I know you coach a lot of people. Uh, you've got an amazing yeah. YouTube channel. Um, one thing that, that I'm really passionate about is content. You know, it's, it's not just content for me, but I, I feel that real estate investors, real estate agents, they should be building authority, you know, cause if, if there's two, if there's two investors or agents that someone's comparing against, and that, let's say all things are equal, they're going to go with the one that, that they can find good quality content about. That seems like they're trustworthy, credible. It seems like they know what they're doing and you you're crushing it on the education side. Um, as you're building that up over there, knowing how much you market for a home run offer with your brand and people know your name, are, are you finding that that content, that content profile is helping with the house buying business where they search your name um, or they're seeing, oh, dude, this dude knows what he's talking about or is it not a part of the equation you're finding? Um, it definitely helps. And I've noticed that for years, even before I was like, you know, going really hardcore at content, um, mm -hmm. just by being known you know, especially yep. as a flipper, like you're mm -hmm. going to get wholesalers, you're going to get realtors. And those are the best leads. I mean, we can talk all we want about direct mail and all this stuff, but you know, there's always ROI with that. Like, okay, what are we going for? Yep. When somebody gives you a deal for free, it's infinite. Mm -hmm. And so I'm a big fan of just becoming known. Um, and it can help you in so many different ways on the, the investing side. But when you own multiple businesses, then it's just, it's a no brainer. Yep. Dude. So, so with, with the authority that you've built and now you're once again, you're, you're hitting the YouTube side really, really hard. Um, you've, you've started to grow that, that really fast, man. Are you finding like, what, what are you finding is the biggest thing that you've implemented on the YouTube side of things that's helping with the growth? Like, is there a certain way of doing videos, is a certain way of tagging and titling? Like what is it that you found are kind of the secrets for you to crush the YouTube side so far? So there's a lot of things. Um, in fact, yep. and I think you honestly need all of them to be yeah. successful. And I think that's why most people fail at YouTube is because they lack one of them. And mm -hmm. I, I can, I, you can relate that to any business, right? If yeah. you're a house flipper and you, you know, are good, maybe you have all the money in the world and you have all the contractors, but if you don't get deals, you suck. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you buy deals, but you can't fix up the houses. Well, your business sucks. Yep. I think that's what happens with YouTube is there are a lot of pieces that have to go together. Um, mm -hmm. Like you just said, title, thumbnail, are probably the biggest that people neglect. People spend yeah. all the time in the world thinking about their content and trying to perfect it. But if no one clicks, what's it matter? You yeah. know, it's like having a great sales guy, but he gets no leads. Okay. Mm. Um, you know, obviously when you get them to click, you got to have a really good content, you know, and that's, what's going to keep them on the channel. That's what's going to get them to subscribe. So those all have to work together. But on top of that, you have to also post frequently. Hmm. Um, I'm dropping a video on YouTube six days a week. And that's definitely helping the growth. If I only dropped one or two a week, which most do, yep. if they're lucky, one or two a week, 
Um, it's just, man, when you have consistency, when you have, you know, everything else doing what it's supposed to do, growth is somewhat inevitable. Dude, I, I, I love it, man. So I, I was, uh, while you were mentioning, I was pulling up the YouTube channel and yeah. guys and gals, if you're watching the video version of this, if you're watching the video version, you're going to see it. If you're not watching the video version, you're listening on Apple uh, podcast or whatever it's called now, uh, go to carrotcast.com and you'll be able to see the vision, video version of it, or just go to our YouTube channel. Uh, but dude, when, when I looked not too long ago, I mean, it seemed like, it seemed like you were sub 10,000 subs. Like you, you've, you've been blowing up. And a, yeah. a couple, a couple things that notice that, that jump out to me, but I'd love for you to kind of, uh, if you're game for a couple more nuggets on the YouTube side, uh, cause yeah. I'm curious, but also I know a lot of people, uh, are, especially real estate agents are going to be wanting to plug into the YouTube side of it. So you've got a great picture. Obviously it's, it's well-branded to you. People know it's in Vegas. If they're familiar with the area, you've got a great, uh, uh intro here, dude. So th this, this is interesting here. So this doesn't say, Ryan Pineda. It doesn't say like about Ryan as your intro. It says how I became a millionaire before 30. Um, wh why and how did, did you choose to pick that type of a title? Because obviously, you, you know your avatar. You know who you're going after. Um, was there a certain reason you, you chose that to be the title of your kind of intro video here? Yeah, you know, um, when, I, when I scripted that video, it was like, hey, who is Ryan Pineda, right? Because yep. people, if this is their first time seeing me, they want to know. Cool. But what are you going to click? Who is Ryan Pinader? How I became a millionaire before 30 net worth mm -hmm. revealed. Like at the end of the day, you got to have some type of clickbait yep. to get them to do it. Um, if you look at like the current uploads, right? Like, okay, yesterday I, I did the, how to write a book. It completely flopped only 597. Mm. All the other videos got 2000, 2000, 12,000 to yeah. that. Like, you know, they're all averaging two to 5,000 and then I get one for 600. So what do I know? Hey, I'm probably not going to write anything on, or I'm not going to do another video on making a book. Like mm -hmm. people just don't care. Yeah. Um, and then I look at my most popular ones and it's like, okay, couch flipping, which was so random. Dude, that one was awesome. That one was way yeah, awesome. Uh, that was something I used to do before I flipped houses. And I was like, man, people could, nobody knows about this. Like I should just yeah. make a video. Cause it, it made, it served me really well. Um, and it just went viral. And then, <laughs> you know, like, okay, I knew this one would do good. $500,000 profit, 16,000. Like people are just be like, what is, what? You bought mm -hmm. an apartment for 16 grand? Now granted, was the apartment 16 grand? No, but it was a seller finance deal that I bought for 16 grand down. Gotcha. You know? And, um, you know, it's just, for me, the big key is picking topics that are going to have broad appeal. You yep. know, uh, for instance, I just released this one today, buyer backed out on our real estate deal. Mm -hmm. I knew that one wasn't going to do great because it's super niche. You know, it's like, how often does a buyer back out of a real estate deal in our world? <laughs> you're like, man, that that's a problem. But like to yep. the normal guy watching YouTube, he's like, okay, whatever. Yep. So I think you got to mix having a niche video that, you know, is not going to necessarily get a lot of views and mm -hmm. then mixing it with very broad videos that. Hey, you want to learn how to flip houses as a beginner, you know, whatever. Dude, I, I love it. And one, one thing I noticed too, if you guys are watching the video version of this, um, your, your face is, is in pretty much every single one of them. And for the most part, you're, you're like using a really expressive, um, expression on there. And yeah, did, did, did you test using face ones, non-face ones, expressions on expressions? And this, this obviously is a model that's working for you now. Right. So yeah, it's always testing, um, you know, and looking at what other people are doing, um, mm -hmm. you know, in the space. And if you watch YouTube videos, you'll see the, the people have just 
their face on every single thumbnail and some type of expression, whatever. Um, one thing that somebody had mentioned on a podcast that I didn't know was like, YouTube's all about promoting positivity. Mm. And so he was like, if you have like a sad face or a negative thumbnail, it will like get pushed less. And I looked back at all my videos and I saw that like the ones that had like a negative connotation did do bad. And I was like, Whoa, so I need to like really have some express, you know, like that. And just, uh, yeah, you know, try and promote happiness. Dude, I, I, I love it, man. One of our core values here at Carrot, and we have a t-shirt uh, that we sent out to tons of people. I'll, I'll get your address and send it to you. But it's uh, it's got like a, a blowhorn or bullhorn or whatever. And it's, it's yeah. shaped in the words, the, the word of positivity. With positivity come out, like be a beacon of positivity and possibilities, like my favorite thing. Um, yeah. Well, dude, I, I, here's what I want to do. I want to respect your time. I know you're a busy guy. You're running 8,000 companies or someone's running <laughs> 8,000 companies. You own them. Someone doing it. Uh, yep. Yeah, someone's doing it. But um. <laughs> One thing I want to I want to touch on before before we go is you work with real estate investors who want to get better, uh, who who want to be coached. And um, what what ways do you work with people? What ways can they connect with you? You've got the YouTube channel, of course, has a lot of ama- amazing stuff in it. Uh, but how can someone yeah. who's aspiring to be an investor or an entrepreneur connect with you and really learn more from you? Yeah. So the best way is just to go to futureflipper.com. Um, mm-hmm. And there, we kind of just have a wide range of products, you know, like you had mentioned, there's a lot of people who don't have a lot of money starting out, which is totally fine. That's how I was, you know, on, on the website, you can get our, my book for free. You can get our real estate contracts for free. You know, you can watch my YouTube's for free. There's literally no reason you can't get started. Like all the information is there. Um, you know, the next level up, we got an online course, which is perfect. And I've had people say, well, why should I get the online course if you already have all the YouTube's? And I'm like, dude, I have like 20 videos on real estate. Like on this course, there's like 80 videos, you know, and they're all, you know, step-by-step organized. I'm like, dude, to get it organized and everything, the way like it's way worth your time to just go through it that way. Um, and then I do do coaching, um, for, you know, people who are willing to really take it to the next level. Um, Mm -hmm. we, we recently, we've had so much coaching demand that I had to start turning people down. I hated doing that because like, I want to coach everyone that, you know, qualifies, but we ended up having to cut it off for beginners because, um, at the end of the day, though we had a lot of beginners who wanted to do it, it was just like kind of overwhelming the group. And, um, you know, now we're just saying, Hey guys, like if you're a beginner, take the online course, get Mm -hmm. your first deal. It's got all the tools you need. And if you can prove you can get a deal, then you're going to prove you're a fit for coaching. I like it, dude. I, I love it. So you guys can go to uh, futureflipper.com, right? Yep. Futureflipper.com. Cool. Futureflipper.com. And guys, make sure to go follow Ryan on, on his YouTube channel. Lots of great content. Like seriously, follow him on there. Follow him on, on Instagram. Just look him up, Ryan Pineda. Um, you guys are going to be entertained and educated at the same time. It's going to be awesome. So uh, Ryan, last thing that as, as we're wrapping up right here is I'm just so passionate about entrepreneurship and people who are able to build businesses, impact people. And I know that you are doing that. Um, in, in, in a big, big way. And like I said, I want people to go and follow you over there. And what are you looking at in, in your market of Vegas, let's say over the next six to 12 months? Um, I, a lot of people are, are, are predicting there's going to be something shifting the economy, shifting the real estate market. Uh, you being in a market that people you know, uh, relate to as kind of a swing market or it's, it's one that gets hot and cold fast. What do you guys right. think is going to happen in Vegas next year? 
You know, it's funny. Um, well, it's funny that you mentioned that because core logic just came out with, I don't know if you saw it, that's why you're saying it, but, uh, core logic just came out with a report yesterday mm-hmm. saying that Vegas has the highest risk in the nation gotcha. and that they are predicting it's going to drop like 7%. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously I don't think anyone has a crystal ball. Um, yep. if you took, I have an economics degree, so I like looking at it. Yep. Uh, I shouldn't say I like it, but I understand it. <laughs> Um, (laughs) so, you know, when you look at the economy and everything going on, you could say, yeah, well, definitely our unemployment's crazy. You know, uh, who knows if it's going to get better, who knows how tourism is going to rebound this next year. Like I understand where they're coming from, but the key to what CoreLogic said that they just kind of hide at the end, which is really dumb is like assuming no government intervention, Uh like dude, like. Well, yeah, if government doesn't do anything, of course, like I I think things are going to be really bad, but do you really think the government's not going to do anything? Like that's a stupid prediction. Mm -hmm. Um, so right now I look at it and I say, well, okay, as as an economist, how am I going to predict what happens going forward? I'm not looking at just the economy. I'm looking at policy too. What is going to happen? And my guess is they're going to be dumping a crap load of money into the economy and that ain't stopping. Mm-hmm. I think interest rates are staying low. I think people from Cali and all these places are coming to Vegas. Been yeah. happening for years. It's going to continue to happen. Um, so, will the current, you know, buyers in Vegas, you know, have a drop off? Sure, but you're assuming that no one else is coming, yep. and that uh, government's not going to do anything. And I think that's false. So, as an investor, that's. I want to give you the explanation for cool. why I believe what I believe. Um, I'm not too worried about it for the next, what are we in September? Not too worried about it for the next four or five months. Yeah. Um, I think the election's obviously going to play a role. Um, I think the vaccine, all this is going to play a role. Civil unrest. We'll see what happens with all that. Um, I think anybody in any market is taking everything just day to day at oh, this yeah. point, but I'm still buying. So, yeah. I mean, if that, Tells you, I'm still buying a lot of houses. Mm-hmm. And, dude, and and that's the thing. I was talking with Aaron, my buddy, right before this, uh, in the market where it was dropping from 2009 to 2012, about 5% a month where he was, he was buying more houses than ever. You just have to shift your strategy up a little bit. So for, for everybody that's listening to this, uh, if you guys want to learn how to flip houses better, want to grow your business, want to grow your team, want to step out of the daily operations of it, you want to become amazing at YouTube, uh, go connect with <laughs> Ryan, futureflipper.com. Go find him on YouTube also. Ryan, I appreciate the time, man. Uh, I still love what you're doing, putting out positivity to the world and sharing with people. And uh, it was fun hopping on with you here. Thank you. I appreciate you having me, Trevor. Thank you, man. Thanks, buddy. 